Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wharton FinTech podcast. My name is Brian Shaw, and today we are fortunate to be joined by Amy Naakis, founder and president of the Anthemis Group, a leading financial services investment and advisory firm. Uh, just as some context, uh, previously, Amy was a senior executive at Barclays, specifically the CEO of Barclays Stockbroker, the UK's single largest electronic retail brokerage. Prior to Barclays, Amy was a senior managing director at Anna Fitzgerald, where she helped to develop and launch their online brokerage business as well. Amy received her bachelor's degree from Dickinson College and also holds a master's degree in international business from Columbia University. Uh, Amy, thank you again for, for taking the time to speak with us today. No, thank you so much for having me, Brian. Great. Uh, so to start, you know, I'm kind of curious to know how you met your two partners, Sean and Adim, and kind of what was the motivation behind founding a, a firm like Anthemis? Yeah, well, so Sean and I actually had known of one another um, for, for several years, um, but we had never met. Um, he used to refer to me as his Newman. Um, if you know the Seinfeld reference, uh, it would be one of those those scenarios whereby he uh, he would sort of come up with these brilliant ideas, and then all of a sudden I would be over at Barclays and we would execute them. And he couldn't quite figure out how I'd get there quite a little bit ahead of him. And, I, and when I finally met him, I, I, I told him that it was just that I was paying attention to what he was doing and then just executing it faster. Um, and it was at that point that we realized that perhaps we might be a good team. Um, and and he, uh, he was actually I'm selling a piece of uh, technology for the firm that he was leaving. And I was um, looking at the, the technology and, and we had a good chat about it. And together, I, w I could sort of tell that he wasn't quite um, keen on the piece of technology he was selling, uh, selling me. And I, I kind of kept getting the sense that, that there was something up with it. But um, I, I wanted to just test his metal a bit. So I kept asking him more pointed questions. And uh, slowly and surely, he sort of came, came to and said, you know, don't buy this, <laughs> this piece of technology. And, and it was then that I realized um, his metal and, and, and um, knew that he was a guy that I thought would be, be quite um, fun to work with. Um, we were contemplating working together at Barclays. Uh, he was in the recruiting process. I was looking to bring him on for part of some of the work that we were doing. And um, then I had made a decision um, largely personal to, to sort of take a step away from large corporate mindset and wanted to do something a bit more entrepreneurial, wasn't sure what it was. And um, so I resigned one day and called Sean and asked him if he was interested in, in maybe being set up for my role. And he said, absolutely not. Let's meet tomorrow morning and talk about what we're going to do together. And and it was in that meeting that we started to lay the groundwork for uh, Anthemus uh, uh, and the rest is history. And um, Nadim is, is an interesting is a is another interesting story. Sean actually met Nadim through a, a mutual colleague, and I think they were we were looking to do a piece of business together, right? He had a more traditional corporate background and and was advising uh, large financial institutions, and so somehow they ended up in a cab together in uh, Asia, and were on the way to a meeting, and, and as sometimes happens. Uh, they, they got stuck in traffic and were literally stuck in the traffic for about two hours. And so in the back of that cab, they started getting to know one another and chatting through things. And before the uh, end of the the, uh, the, the Asia trip, uh, I was getting a phone call sort of saying, you've got to meet this guy, Nadim. Uh, and that's really how it happened. It was it's pretty organic, which a lot of the stuff uh, that we've built at Anthemus really was um, the culture uh, our team, kind of the folks that we've attracted and, and have, have brought together. It really has been quite a, an organic journey, but one that I think now that we have some some perspective and can look back, um, feels exactly the way it should feel. Right. So I've, as I read up more about the firm, you know, Anthemus is, is kind of unique in that it 
offers both it both invests and advises. And I was yeah. wondering, kind of, what was the rationale in providing both of those capabilities under one roof? Well, when Sean and I started, we were exclusively um, focused on the investment side. Um, we were fairly new to the, the venture capital industry, but we were industry insiders inside of the um, financial services community and had a very unique set of skills that the venture capital community at the time didn't really have much of. Um, so we were uh, pushing ourselves into kind of an uncharted territory for ourselves, but with a certain amount of expertise, a network, and an ecosystem that we could lean on um, that felt very unique for the entrepreneurs and the other venture capitalists we were working with. When we met Nadine, the whole piece sort of came together. Um, and I think Nadine's uh, brilliance really was to sort of suggest that our network would eventually get stale, um, our relationships would eventually change, and therefore um, we might not be as nimble or as unique as we feel we are right now. Um, and, and that was a, a sort of a hot moment for both Sean and myself, and, and he suggested that we combine this full-service advisory business around digital strategy in order to um, uh, continue to keep our, our C-suite network warm and in order to continue to see what problems and challenges and opportunities face the large incumbents. And I think that in hindsight, um, it, you know, it became the thing that set us apart from, from most other organizations. But I also think, you know, the industry is very different than, than other industries so much that you really do need to understand market structure. Um, it's a, for the time being, a lot of the uh, opportunities that will grow out of early stage investing will come at the hands of or in conjunction with large financial institutions. And so having both sides of the market tied up, um, knowing where the new ideas are coming from and, and what people are looking to innovate on, and then also knowing where some of the big organizations are struggling, um, it's been really easy for us to put the two together in a very unique way. Right. So on that point, uh, on the advisory side, what does a typical strategy engagement look like? You know, And, and what kind of expertise do you do you bring to the table relative to kind of like a McKinsey, Bain, BCG, or a traditional consultancy? Yeah, well, we're very different than all of those shops. Uh, most of our relationships sort of begin in the, um, the C-suite or, or with the board of directors of some of these large financial institutions. Uh, the strategy business really is about innovation, right? It's about how do we help advise on various elements of bringing products, services, cultures, and businesses in the traditional financial services community into the digital age. Um, so they'll run the gamut from talking uh, about a digital product launch, um, new technologies that, that are being implemented and how they're being implemented uh, in other organizations or in the startup community, um, and in other cases around culture and sort of identifying ways um, to build a, a kind of future-perfect um, version of a team and what does that team have to look like uh, in order to to survive and, and to sort of maintain that resiliency and adaptability that we feel the companies of the future need to have. Um, so it's taking a lot of lessons learned from building companies in financial services and a lot of our own lessons from building our own company uh, over the last 10 years and, and putting them to work for some of the large incumbents. And, and that's kind of the strategy piece of it. Um, we also operate a traditional not traditional, I guess it's probably a bit different than, than, than what others have done, but we call it a kind of a managed account business whereby we work directly um, through investment partnerships with large financial institutions on their thesis, on their um, hopes and dreams around financial services digitization and figure out what they should be investing in 
at the early stage and create funds and structures that allow them to take advantage of the early stage opportunities. Um, and then thirdly, and, and I think um, most uniquely, we're working with large financial institutions around uh, venture design. Um, so where they believe internally they have some ideas uh, that perhaps would benefit large scale their businesses going forward, but they want to hold on to the equity and potentially the kind of put in the work internally uh, to build these companies. And so we help them design a portfolio of, of startups um, at the very earliest pre-seed stage, um, helping them everything with um, uh, identifying leadership, um, pulling together the business plans, the design, and then bringing them out to market for funding. Um, so, so our kind of investment partnership business, venture design business, and uh, our strategy and innovation business all go hand in hand to support the, the full gamut of what the incumbents are uh, looking to focus on these days. Got it. So those are more of the activities on the advisory side. I guess on the investment side, um, have you found that there's any benefit to kind of focusing exclusively on financial services? Does that seem to resonate with uh, founders and startups in the fintech space, you know, relative to sort of the much larger diversified VCs in, in, uh, on the West Coast? Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, in the early days, there were a lot of, um, not pushback, but a lot of questions about, oh, well, isn't that too narrow? Is it, is it sort of, you know, uh, too focused of an area? And, and we sort of laughed because, the, if, you know, you can sort of appreciate the, the magnitude of what financial services encompasses. Um, it is the foundation of our economy. And in many cases, globally, is, is the beginning of everything. Um, and so we're not talking about kind of a small niche that, that, that is, um, you know, kind of... <laughs> going to be over and done with in the next kind of two years. We're talking about a $5 trillion industry that, that um, has lots and lots of opportunity. Um, we came from this space exclusively, Sean and I and, and Nadim, and so it made most sense for us to stay focused on uh, an area that we knew really well. We had very strong and deep um, allegiance to and, and relationships in the space, so it sort of was easier for us to launch here. But I think what we've recognized um, is the importance of understanding and appreciating how the digital economy has and will continue to affect financial services generally. Um, and we don't consider ourselves, nor we ever sort of consider ourselves in tech investors. Um, we don't love the word. Uh, and, and, and hopefully in a few years, people will recognize that that's not what we're doing or what anybody's doing, but in fact, that we are helping evolve traditional financial services company into a new digital world creating resiliency and adaptability in their own companies, but also building new companies um, that perhaps will be solving problems in a different way, better way, uh, and a more modern way than, than some of the other companies that currently exist. Um, and so being an insider in this space, um, you know, recognizing that, that it is a unique organization, organizational structure and so much that I think it's one of the few industries where you still need a lot of collaboration between incumbents and startups, and I think we're well positioned to do that. Um, I will say, though, that interestingly enough, um, one of the statistics that we watch very closely um, as part of our effort to be a, a firm that recognizes and values diversity amongst its employees is that um, we just appreciated at our last company offsite that less than 50% of the employees at Anthemus right now, or about 51 employees, um, actually come from financial services. And so I think that's a very unique uh, model to run a, a sort of exclusively fintech or exclusively financial services focused organization um, with people and experience that come as well without outside the organization. I think it makes us different and probably has a lot to do with our success. Certainly. 
So are there, as you invest, are, are there key themes or specific fintech verticals that you're most focused on, um, whether that's, you know, insurance or payments or asset and wealth management? Um, kind of what are the, the, the niches that you're yeah. focused on most these days? Generally, we take kind of a wide approach to the entire industry. Um, so we are and continue to be looking across the board at um, consumer payments, corporate banking and business banking, um, uh, consumer consumer banking generally, um, wealth and asset management, risk management and insurance, sales trading and, and investment banking. And then we kind of look uh, as well at, at the um, uh, infrastructure plays, uh, particularly now in the blockchain and various other technologies, um, artificial intelligence, et cetera, that are sort of coming out across the, the, the infrastructure of the whole industry. Um, but what we've tried to do historically, and I think we've done a good job, uh, is being a category inventor, right? So, so not necessarily going where the masses are, and it's harder and harder to do this now that there are so many people in the industry, but, but being one step ahead of what people um, should be investing in. And, and, you know, in reality, in venture, earliest stage, and some of our, most of our portfolio is in that kind of seed, pre-seed, and, and Series A space, to be focused um, on areas that other people want to focus on is kind of the only way to win, right? Uh, and and we so um, I think over the last few years we've been leaders in identifying categories like robo advising. So earliest money into betterment and, and companies that's alike before robo advising was a thing. Um, we were focused on insure tech before insure tech was a thing. Um, when everyone else was looking at cryptocurrencies and the like, we sort of pivoted to, to look at the blockchain and to appreciate and understand how that would have an impact on the market. Um, and I think that those are the kind of types of things that we have gotten a lot of credit for. And I think the stuff that we will continue to do on the current feeling really is to kind of look at what we call kind of adjacency businesses. So they're, they're grounded in financial services and grounded in the core market economy, but perhaps are tertiary to kind of the obvious trades. Um, so, for example, a lot of them sitting in the chart space. Um, we've backed a company called Flow which is a hardware and software play for water conservation, water quality control, and, and water leakage prevention. Um, but it sits here much in our thesis from an insurance perspective. Um, we've looked at a company called KWH Analytics, which is essentially the leading finance here in the solar energy space. Um, so these are kind of the adjacency areas that we're looking at, um, along with a lot of artificial intelligence plays as well. Right. And can you kind of take us walk us through your sourcing and due diligence process, right? So when you and your team are evaluating a startup, what are the, say, you know, top two or three qualities that you really look for in a business before investing? Right. Well, the, the first and foremost, most important thing for us is the team and the people. And, and I, I say that not without um, particular appreciation of all of the other things that go into building a company. But at the end of the day, we're starting with early stage companies that sometimes have two, three, maybe even less employees. And getting that team right is the most important thing, most important correlation to success. Um, you can, you know, yes, you have to have a market that you can identify as, as a lucrative market, absolutely. And you have to have a product idea, sure. But for us, product is, is, is certainly last. And in some times, really doesn't matter because if you've got the right team that understand and have a problem that they want to address, it's quite possible by the time they get to the Series A, they've already pivoted a couple times and have a different problem. 
And that's okay. You know, that's part of the process of being a strong uh, and, a, and a unique entrepreneur is someone who can recognize um, failure and learn from it and, and build from it. Um, but that leadership and that, that kind of core team um, at the beginning is really what will really make the difference as the company moves on. And, and I think also, you know, there's so much concern and, and, and frustration um, today about how we are building companies that culturally, um, uh, you know, reflect and respect the world that we're serving. And I think that, um, you know, you only have to look to the founders to sort of appreciate if you're going to get that right or wrong, right? Because any company starts with one person or two people. Um, and, and the culture and their, the way they hire and the way they build and the way they prioritize resiliency, adaptability, and diversity in their team is going to have a lot to do with how they succeed in the marketplace long term. Right, right. Um, so in addition to your advisory activities and your investment business, Anthemis also runs an institute as well as a fellowship program. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about you know, these two parts and how they fit into kind of the larger mission. Yeah, you know, the Institute, the idea for the Institute was something that was on that first napkin that Sean and I uh, spoke about when we, when we first met that first morning. And it was a, a commitment to one another that whatever we did would not be zero-sum game, right? That, that we were uh, executives in, in large financial institutions. We had uh, lucrative careers that we were doing quite well, um, but that we were going to build something in Anthemis that didn't just serve us as individuals or our team as individuals, um, but that did something right for the industry. And so the idea of our foundation and our institute evolved out of that. And, and the institute is such a unique um, concept inside financial services because it gives us a chance to really be um, a bit more thoughtful than I think is, is always um, easy to do when you're, isn't always so easy to do when you're, um, you know, investing or, or advising big companies, you have a, you're running a business, right? You have a certain amount of pace that you have to get through. Um, but our institute is really a think and do tank. We take ideas that have come from the business or from our ecosystem um, that feel that they might be valuable to the longer term growth and evolution of the financial services industry. And we put them into our institute and we play with them a bit. Um, we might do some research. Uh, we might do a, a, um, pilot sandbox where we, we play with various different elements of, um, you know, regulation uh, or, or we look deeper at uh, artificial intelligence or some of the stuff that we really view um, is, is kind of, you know, that not that zero-sum game, that, 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 that the industry can evolve, banks, financial institutions can get better, can get more efficient, can make more money, but that society can value, be valued in that process and that society can grow positively in it, right? And so some of the concepts that we feel are important to the companies we're funding, like transparency, diversity, um, equality, are, are elements that we sort of will explore further in our, our institute. Um, and the fellowship and our talent incubators um, kind of go hand in hand with that, because the idea here is that if, again, back to my original point about how important founders and talent is at the earliest stage, that if you can find opportunities where certain pockets of people are unrepresented in the industry or um, certain areas where the industry could benefit from certain types of expertise or certain backgrounds, we can pull that together and, and incubate them um, as, as 
as experts and find um, through the kind of funding and founding of companies uh, places for these people to go uh, in leadership roles. And so, so talent and, and kind of the, the, the work alongside of um, uh, our institute are a big part of our commitment to the future. And, you know, we, we've always said this is, um, again, not about just taking technology and, and dumping it on top of companies or dumping it on top of businesses and trying to evolve um, marketplace that way. It is a fundamental shift from an industrial economy into a digital economy in a world where companies that will survive will have to be different than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. And so as far as we're concerned, the work we do in everything in Anthemus, whether it's making an investment or building a company or, or um, you know, delving deep into something in our institute, it has to be with purpose. And, and our purpose is really to help that evolution take place in the most productive, uh, profitable, and, and positive way that it can. And, and I think the institute is a big part of how we do that. Great. So, you know, looking forward, uh, as you know, you know, the fintech industry saw a bit of a decline in investment last year. Um, we, in recent months, even, we've seen a number of uh, down rounds or companies selling for far below expectations. Do you view this as just a temporary blip or part of a longer term correction? In other words, you know, going forward, should we still be bullish on the fintech space? Absolutely. Uh, I think we're just getting... Um into the real opportunity in this sector. Uh, I think that the events of the last year or so were not shocking to those of us who've been doing this for many, many years. Um, whenever you have an industry where you have a ton of capital pouring in and pouring on very quickly, you have to be very careful of, of kind of what becomes very frothy valuations. Um, one of the reasons why I think, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be fintech experts, so to speak, or financial services experts is because where the Valley does their best work is in these e-commerce traditional um, businesses, but even the consumer-facing financial services businesses have a level of complexity regulatory and, and, and market structure-wise that is different than your kind of traditional um, e-commerce company. And so I think those of us who have been watching this space very closely have tried very hard not to get caught up into some of the, the frothiness of, of what could or, or would be in this industry and haven't just followed on with, um, you know, mass evaluations driven largely by folks who either don't know the industry or don't know how to invest in the earliest stage. And, and I think both of those things have happened in the last couple of years. Um, and one of the things we said to our entrepreneurs in the very beginning is, look, it's great to be pricing at these rounds and to grab the best money you possibly think you can get. But the reality is, where are these people going to be two years from now, five years from now, um, when you have to pivot? And, and Or when you need to be introduced to large financial institutions to sell your product um, or to really grow. And and I think that, that the companies that are going to survive the next couple of years are the ones that actually fully appreciate that um, and have product and, and market insight that is – unique right and that 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 kind of is real right. um, we don't you know we consider we we absolutely consider um everything when we look at the space and, and when we look at kind of the next couple of years we think there's absolutely going to be some some uh changes we think there'll be some roll-ups and and some natural um mergers of of sort of companies and and products and ideas that are very similar in nature i don't think it will um you know 
the market can sustain 50 or 60 new robo-advisors, for example. Um, and, I, and I think that there are some industries and some sectors, some companies within industries that um, will have to start to, to sort of rethink their strategies. Um, and I think that's true of the big banks as well, right? I think a lot of financial institutions that today have leadership positions um, won't continue to have the same position. Um, and a lot of the ones that will uh, continue to lead might not be the ones that you think that they are, you know, that are currently in in, in front front position. Um, and I think that's also another reason why the industry's had a bit of a of a of a of a wobble in the last couple of years as well is that you had a lot of financial institutions that didn't have any problem deploying capital. They had hundreds of millions of capital deployed in the early stage, but recognizing the limitations culturally of being a venture investor inside of a large institution. And as well, um, you know, this idea that, that if, you know, the companies you're seeding are interested in trying to give, um, you know, the big banks a run for their money, it's a little harder for them to take their first check from a big bank. Um, and so I think recognizing that perhaps some of the earliest stage stuff isn't really about just your ability to get capital, but instead, um, how do you maintain your independence and continue to grow with expertise that will matter to you along that journey? Right. And in Themis, uh, also, it maintains a presence both in New York and in London, correct? Are, are, are you That's seeing, are, do you find that there are major differences between kind of the U.S. and European fintech scenes these days? You know, there, there are certainly cultural differences between European entrepreneurs and American entrepreneurs. Um, and I think valuations continue to, to be driven in large part by the North American market. Um, we used to joke that, that if you had the same company and um, launched it in uh, Scandinavia and then just brought it um, slightly more towards North America each sort of year, that by the time it got to the valley, it would be tripled in, in size and tripled in value without doing anything else to the company. Um, right. So I think there's an element of that. Uh, but that said, you know, you, you go to different markets for different things. Um, we're seeing a lot of ingenuity and um, strong work ethic out of some of the European entrepreneurs uh, with regard to particularly some of the infrastructure companies um, and some of the blockchain stuff. So I think that there'll be continue to be kind of unique spots and pots where things will, will be different. Um, I think one of the unique things about us, because we have such a strong European presence, um, in fact, we were started in Europe and then grew to the U.S., is that for a lot of financial services companies that sit inside of the U.S., it can be a very complicated market. You know, for insurance, for example, um, there's 50 different regulated markets within a market. And um, sometimes having a partner that appreciates what is outside of the United States um, and even has the wherewithal to be able to help you bring your business there first, um, either in the form of a pilot or in a kind of short, small launch before you come to the North American marketplace can be quite useful. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, that entrepreneurs tend to really like about us. Great. Well, Amy, thank you again for your time. It's been really fascinating to uh, learn more about Anthemis. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for sharing some of your insights and perspective on the space. And thanks for our listeners for tuning in as well.